But before we get started on your passion and purpose, let's talk about you. So where did you grow up? And before we get into that, what in the f are you wearing? I am, uh, I am dressed as an avocado. Um, those that know I me- I can see that. <laughs> Hello, welcome to Evolve Your Podcast. I am your host, Olia Merkies. This podcast is brought to you by the one and only Icon Industries. Just want to give a huge shout out to Shane and Steven. Thank you for all you do and the whole team at Icon Industries. With me today is the one and only Zach Pitts. Welcome. Thank you, Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. And Zach, uh, who do you work with? I work with a better home inspection, uh, Forrester's Inc. Awesome. And how long have you been with them? Uh, this year we'll be closing on seven years. Beautiful. So I'm really, really excited to uh, talk to Zach. But before we get started on your passion and purpose, let's talk about you. So where did you grow up? And before we get into that, what in the fuck are you wearing? I am uh, I am dressed as an avocado. Um, those that know I me- can see that <laughs> I have. I love avocados and I can definitely fucking see you are wearing <laughs> avocado. What in the world, bro? So. A lot of the people that know me in the industry know me as Zach, the avo guy, the avocado guy. Okay. Um, I work with a better home inspection. Avocados are a thing. I'll get into that a little bit later. But one of my things is that I like to have fun. Life is worth living only if you're having fun. (laughs) And whether it be like a really bad day or a really great day, you should always have some moment in time where you're like, eh, whatever. I'm going to have my own fun. And the avocado is a great way of getting people's attention and just being like, hey, I know I'm a goofball, but what I'm about to say to you is about to be professional, about to be intelligent. And I promise you, I'm not going to waste your time. (laughs) You definitely, man, anytime you want to show up with avocados, I am in, bro. Like, you don't have to sell me on that. I'm a huge (laughs) fan. Avocado. Uh, Zach, where does the, you said life is fun. Yeah. Where's that passion come from? Where did you pick that up? Um, so I got to give a shout out to a realtor that I know, a guy okay. named David Serpa. And I listened to his book. He had done a, a this uh, Zen business book. I know um, David. He's in the Marietta Temecula area. I know David Serpa. And he'll love that I call him a radical. Um, but he definitely is. <laughs> David is definitely yeah. a radical. There you go. David. Yes. <laughs> um, but in that, David's book had this moment in there where it's... Uh, life is only worth living if you're having fun. There's this quote in his book that he has on that. And it really kind of sank into me. And I was talking with David and hanging out as he was building his, our community um, EXP branch during that time. And I got really eye open to who David was and I saw his approach to life. And in that moment, I was like, you know what? He's, he's kind of got a, a good idea on the ways to live just business. Why not have fun with business? Because if we're always stressing about a coffee and we're trying to figure out what we're going to do in the day, and then we're sitting there and we're like, I got this meeting and that meeting and this meeting. Why aren't we trying to have that meeting, this meeting and that meeting be really fun? Why aren't we trying to have all of our day consumed by just simply enjoying it? Because there's enough things in our day to day that will make you go, I don't enjoy this. This world sucks. Everything is miserable. The news sucks. The media sucks. The music sucks, whatever it be. But if you can have fun with the people that you work with every day, it just changes it. You know what doesn't fucking suck? The avocado suit. (laughs) It does not fucking suck. Like seriously, from the moment we met, (laughs) when you came in, I'm like, yeah, this is going to be one of those episodes, folks. 
I hope you're sitting down. Let's have some fun. So David is definitely, and I appreciate you uh, calling out. David's got a lot of passion. Yeah. He's got an energy for life. That guy has an incredible story and mm -hmm. definitely, definitely a ton of energy for days. Yeah. So um, how do you... How do you live by that motto? Like, how do you, how do you deal with the the challenges that come? Real estate is not fun. No, there there there's a lot of things that come up, especially in in your realm. How do you deal with that personally? Like, how do you deal with rough spots that happen? I mean, every day is going to be rough. Right. Um, we have clients that'll give me a call and let us know about some issue. Maybe something wasn't discovered because it wasn't part of the home inspection. Right. Or maybe it's just something that's entirely separate of our actual service, and it's just a concern that a client has, but. Finding that there's a, a an easy way to take care of it, even if it's kind of hard to get to that path, but knowing that like, we're going to solve this. It's not going to end with you mad at me. And if it does, like there's going to be a good reason because I didn't create a solution. So for me, I, I have a saying in my life that I say a lot, which is I love problems, but I love solutions more. Right. Because while a problem is great and we can sit here and we can complain and we can just go, oh, this and that and this and that. If you're sitting there and you're going, I have this problem. Now, what are the possible solutions? And you're asking people around you. I mean, that's where we start to see. And I work with a lot of really interesting people. So like a problem with them is, is a little bit easier to talk about. You know, like, hey, let's, let's, let's mitigate this, this moment of heat. Let's, let's try to have a person-to-person -person moment. What's going on? Let me take care of it. And at the end of the day, I know I'm helping someone. And that's fun for me. Helping someone and giving someone like, a little bit less pressure on their day is, I don't know why, but it's always been something I've been coded to do. Zach, let's go. <laughs> let's go, man. Look at this guy. So where did you grow up? I am a San Diego native. No, was, you're not. I was born in Mercy Hospital. My dad was on Camp Pendleton in a foxhole when he got the phone call that my mom, who was working at Lindbergh Field, was giving birth. I have only been out of California about two times. Um, the first time was when my father was stationed in Colorado when he was a drill instructor slash, um, what is it? Uh, uh, da, da, da. ROTC uh, trainer. So okay. he, was, he was in that realm. And we were in Colorado for a couple of years. And then we came back out to Camp Pendleton where Vista has been basically my home until I graduated high school. And now I'm living up in Marietta. You are living. Okay. So yeah. you're commuting down here. I do. Get it. You're a champion. <laughs> You're you. a champion. Anybody that commutes down from Marietta to Macula, I'm like, you got it. Yeah. The, the good news is you can go home whenever you want because you don't want to sit in that traffic. Uh, <laughs> oh boy. Okay. Let's have fun. I'm not going to bring up yeah. to Macula. <laughs> yeah, that was a little bit of PTSD here. I, I did. I was getting flashbacks. I'm out. There was a, folks, we need to get some napkins. I'm about to start crying. <laughs> remembering those days to Macula. Um, that, that was so good. I completely forgot what you said. I think I just got flashbacks of Temecula. It's that We'll cut this out. I'm not even worried no, about right. it. Um, what was the last thing you said? Oh my God. Zach, oh, living so up in Marietta, you're driving back down. That was so good. Commuter. That was so good. Okay. You were growing up in Vista. Yeah. How much have you seen uh, Vista change in the past seven years? Isn't it crazy? Dude, in the last... So I'm 31 okay. and I moved into Vista when I was five years old, four years old, right at the cusp of four to five. Right. Montgomery. So I went to Buena Vista High, I mean, um, Montgomery uh, Elementary. And then my graduation high school was RBV. Okay. In the 20 years from when I was four to 25, I, I'll easily say that Vista 
declined for a very good moment in the beginning. I mean, I remember bullet holes yeah. in, in the tire shop windows down where they now have condos. Okay. So seeing that is this, this just huge difference. Um, you know, back in the skate park days over there by the old library, seeing their new city hall, um, the changes to downtown Vista. I mean, I used to sit at the Krikorian when I was in middle school, that was our Friday, Saturday night. Okay. What to do is go to that movie theater and kick it there right. for hours and just do nothing. Maybe go watch a movie, basically just sitting outside of there. Um, I used to be a skate rat. So I used to skate all of Vista, all the way to Oceanside, San Marcos, Escondido. Like I've literally crossed the entirety of North County, probably in a day, just struggling through it. Um, but in that time, I've seen more condos. I've seen more townhomes. I've seen more, what we'd say, multifamily developments occur. And at the same time, I've seen a little bit of the farmland decline, which for me, I grew up raising chickens, having horses, gotcha. raising okay. turkeys. Yeah. So this has got this like small town farm-esque to me. And I think the only place you can get that now locally is really Fallbrook or Valley Center. Valley Center. Yeah. Um, and now my mom lives out in Fallbrook. So I've, we've got our farm out there, but you know. That's been the biggest changes. You've seen Vista, Oceanside, San Marcos really condense, really tighten the lineup of what is available in potential land. Because a lot of the old, just empty, empty lots were just empty lots. And now they're full, right. fully constructed. And crazy enough, that happened in like almost five to seven years. It was a really quick construction period, which surprising California. Good job on that one. You've, you've fast forwarded through that. I think the city of Vista is also progressive. I mean, they were a little forward on the uh, ADU permitting side too. They so were. They are. G let's mainly talk about you though. So when, uh, you, what, what's the one thing about Vista that everybody should know about? I know you like to keep it a secret, but what's the one place that you like to go that most people don't know about in Vista? You know, Bringle Terrace is always a sleeper of a park. Okay. Um, and I have fond memories going there, playing softball with my family, just uh, co-ed leagues, 18 plus doing that. So I guess for me, Vista is always about the people because the community, when you really get into the community, it's very tight knit. It's very welcoming. It's very open hearted. And at least the people that I had experience with, um, a shout out to the Rhodes family through the softball league and all that. Um, but they were, they, that was, that was the community. You could always find someone that was willing or able to help you in your, in your time of need, at least in my experience. So Vista has some great spots in it. Um, Los Cabos down in Vista though, probably is one of my favorite Mexican food restaurants. Okay. Yeah. All right. So shout out. What is it called? Los, <laughs> Los Cabos? Cabos? Los Cabos. There you go. So th this is the, this is the second folks. If you want Mexican food, you have to come to San Diego. This yeah. is, it doesn't matter what, what city, Vista, Oceanside, yeah. everybody's got their spot. Everybody's, it's like sushi. Everybody's I mean, Vista has like three spot. or four spots and I'm Seriously. just like forgetting names in this moment, but I know where to get a breakfast. And what, what are we getting at uh, Los Cabos? I mean, I'm 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 always ordering a breakfast burrito because if you have a hard night out of the bar, a breakfast burrito will save your day. Perfect. And what's in this breakfast burrito? Uh, Obviously, avocados. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna pay the extra, but okay. Let's yeah, do it. yeah. Let's uh, do it. Bacon breakfast burrito is probably gonna be my go-to. <sighs> Okay. I know that's all right. That's a lame choice Bacon. there, but let's go with it. No, 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 no. It's, good. it's it's all good. It's all good. If that's your if if that's your go to, what's the one habit you love to do in the mornings? Um, I'm very much a leave super early in the morning, have my coffee ready, and get to work. So I try to get to work about six thirty, and that's like my have to do. Gotcha. If you I'm go not, in the office every day. Yeah. 
Nice. Um, if not every day, I'm at least at my desk at my own home by 6.30, if not even 5.30. I mean, I have a habit of trying to be up as early as I can and get to work as early as I can. Nice. What's your favorite, uh, what's your favorite part of the morning? <sighs> All right. So this is a big thing about growing up in Vista, growing up like a little bit into Fallbrook, but the fog. The fog of North County is 10 of 10, my favorite thing. Really? Dude, I swear. I, it just brings back memories of skating, not being able to see more than 10 feet in front of you. Okay. All that. It's just the feel in the morning when you're having your coffee and you're sitting in the fog. It's just like, all right, cool. It's I get, be a nice I get day. that. I was going to ask if there was coffee involved and That's you answered that very, very quick, man. There is uh there's something about North County. You got the view. I get it. Yeah. It's, it's a gem of its own. I get it. Favorite breach is San Diego. Oh, Okay. So I don't even know. So the cliffs in Carlsbad, um, I think the spot's been a little bit more developed, but for the longest time I would go to the the spot in Carlsbad that's right off the cliffs, right as soon as you get off of um, Palomar Airport. So as you get off Palomar Airport, the cliffs that are down there. Um, as close as you can towards the houses where it almost gets to like neck and neck on yeah. that perfect little spot. Um there's a couple times where you can get almost crystalline clear water in that little pocket. And it's absolutely amazing. Uh, yeah, that, that would be my spot. Oh, you gave the little hidden gem. Yeah. I, I, I was just thinking what would you like to go yeah, to? No, you're no, giving no, the hidden spot. No, no, I like spot, it. Yeah. Um, do you have a, do you have a hobby that you're passionate about besides um, collecting avocados and giving them out? <laughs> Love it. So I have a couple, I have a couple like out, out of here hobbies type thing. Um, I enjoy history, politics, all of like the things of like sociology, like human structuring is, is okay. a big thing for me. So I'll watch anything that's about what's going on in current events. I'll watch anything that's like related to current events. It may have like thousands of years of pactated history to it. Um, human society as a whole is a, is a really big hobby of mine. Just understanding and, and, and just seeing the different complexities of each society, each culture. Um, I went to college for history specifically, did nice. political science, and then also did some business marketing. Okay. History was my thing. And I just, that's like, I, I'll suck myself into like hours of YouTube, just watching nonstop documentary after documentary, after infographic, after infographic, and just constantly learning. And people are like, wow, you have a bunch of like random facts. And I'm like, yeah, but you know what? Hey, it's random facts. It'll change the day. <laughs> Hey, you never run out of topics to talk about, right? <laughs> Try not to. <laughs> uh, what is the one thing as a native San Diegan, and there, there are some of you, there are some of you, I'm, I'm finding them here. What's the one thing that you love about the city? Um, all right. So I have a buddy in Florida. Okay. And him and I like to go back and forth with the whole like California's Let's this way. Let's go. Florida's this way. Go. And I always like to tell people, I always like to tell them like, you think California is this way. You right. think it's LA, you think it's San Francisco, but right. when you come to San Diego, it's an entirely separate beast. So when I tell people the best thing about San Diego is that when you think California, if you have some pre-registered like idea of who you're going to meet, who you're going to see, and the type of people that you're going to interact with, San Diego is going to change that mind. Right. There's an even keel of everyone here. Like there's no stopping of it, but there's such an integration of, of the neighborhoods and, and of the society itself that like San Diego is its own little independent beast. It's its own, 
It's its own California subculture in itself. It's different from LA. It's different from San Francisco. It's different from Sacktown. It's, it's, it's so independently its own. And I always tell them like, if you ever want to make those jokes, it's totally fine, but you need to come to San Diego before you crack those jokes with me. Just like, I'm not going to crack those jokes about Miami with you, buddy. <laughs> so I would say the That's people, great. Like Del Mar, the horse races, by far, like one of my favorite things to do. Or the San Diego County Fair, as we used to know it, the Del Mar Fair. Okay, we're going to have to set up an event since you brought up the Del Mar Fair. We'll have to do a event there. And, and I think this is a great, actually, segue to talk about real estate. No since we're talking about, you know, San Diego and, and Florida, you know, uh, home prices in San Diego are... They, they've gone through exponential growth. It makes perfect sense. It's what you just said. Fine. They don't call it the finest city without a for reason. For no reason. Yeah. yeah. So uh, the migration here. So what got you, like you've lived a pretty full life engineer. You've done, how did you get started with a better home inspection company? So um falling into a better home inspection yeah. was literally just falling into it. You literally fell. Uh, Pretty much through the door, and then they hired you. Uh, no, I'm kidding. I, I mean, <laughs> there's a little bit of contention on that point, but yeah, um, um, I will say this I'm gonna preface this though, just starting this off the bat. My boss right now, Danny Forrester, yeah. I, I consider a mentor. Okay, um, he's in his mid 30s, so we're similar in age. Really, he owns this company now after inheriting it from his grandfather and inheriting it from his family. Um, but he has one, he welcomed me in and, and hired me with his grandfather and had an idea and a vision of where they wanted to take this company. And maybe I just fit into the, to the vision that he had in that moment, or maybe I've just continuously fit into the vision cons consistently, but he's put a lot of power with me to do what I want to do, learned off of other things that I had in, in previous professional experience. So you know, you mentioned the engineering stuff. Previously, I was architecture, engineering, construction software. I sold software. But the whole point of that was, how can I make the problem in your life a little bit easier? And when I joined this company, I was just looking for a job. I had moved right. up to Washington for a short little bit, was okay. only there for a couple months, didn't really work out, came back home and couldn't find really work. And here's this Craigslist ad, home inspections. I didn't know anything about home inspections. I didn't know anything about real estate. So this was 2016? Uh, 2016, 2017-ish, right around okay. there. Okay, yeah. all right. Um, now, when I say I fell into it, I literally didn't know anything about this industry. When they asked me, do you know anything about home inspections? Do you know anything about real estate? Do you know anything about this and that? And I'm like, no. I You're a perfect candidate. Yeah. You're hired. <laughs> but I had a lot of experience in, um, in the previous company. They had started off as a startup. Right. So a lot of the groundwork from like when I joined that company and they're like, hey, we just released a beta software at Autodesk University. We gave a hundred keys out for these people to use this software. Here is the list of people that we gave these keys out to. The list contained emails. Most of those emails were bunk emails that were just kind of like depository, like, you know, my scam right. emails. Like, yeah. you know, this is the spam email. I'm going to send people to this one so I can get all my free stuff I want. No phone numbers, minimal contact information. They said, here's your list of people. Here's your first potential customers. And I was like, okay, cool. And I started to try to hit the phone, started to send the emails. And I saw that basically only five people out of that entire list of people had actually used the software. Okay. So I came from like cold calling, hard research lining, and, and just trying to build confidence in a product that literally had zero confidence. 
It was a software that played like Grand Theft Auto, but you're trying to use this for an architecture field. You're trying to use this for building plans and communicate this to your, your shareholder that has millions invested into this, and you're trying to present him a visualization when previously the only visualizations that architects were really giving was the drawn-out render on the screen, or perhaps maybe a little bit of a 3D, but not so interactive. Right. This was full GTA styled, walk this in, your avatar is there, you can fully immerse yourself within that. That's so hard to try and sell what is essentially a video game to the eyes of a professional. And that was one of the biggest challenges. So when I came into this company, they're like, we've been open for 30 plus years. Um, this is where we're at right now. Uh, we've been a family company and here's how we go about our process. And I saw things that I really liked about how they did it. One, this is before like technology really started to take a full swing into the market for home inspections. So they used to bring in a printer and print on site the home inspection report. We were, we were doing this before anyone else was doing this. Literally, you wait a day, you wait 48 hours to get your report sent over to you. You don't get it then and there. So these guys were doing that. And I was like, that's really cool. You're bringing the first response because the wait time is the first thing I started to learn about the realtors just could not deal with. So I jump into this company and kind of stumble my way through the first year and a half, watching how they were doing presentations, watching how they were going about like teaching me this industry. And then I got let go. Just go. You're free. You're free to do what you need to do to make us work and to get jobs in. I still had a little bit of guidance, but they sent me on my own. And that was a little, it was a little strange because before it was always in an office. Now I'm out and about every day. I'm driving around, trying to hit offices, going into places, and I'm bringing in a box of avocados because that's the way that they marketed. Really? That's the way that they marketed. Their marketing plan is give out avocados? So it's the coolest story in the world. It's the coolest story in the world, I swear. I I make it a little sound a little bit more uh, better than maybe spice how, it up. Spice Danny, it up. Danny likes to make it a little bit softer, but I'm gonna I'm gonna spice it up a little bit. Basically, Danny's grandfather and his grandmother had moved from Kansas and joined real estate. Danny's grandfather, who anyone that met him, Ray, would know he was nothing but a talker. Would okay. love to talk. If you went into a real estate office with him, what should have been a 15 minute visit turned into an hour and 15 minutes. He talked to every single person he could. Okay. Now. Him being a realtor was great, chit-chatting, never signed contracts. His grandmother, on the other hand, though, she was signing left and right. She was a top producer. She had her whole gold jacket, Century 21, the old days in the 80s. Nice. Know, so she eventually got sick of, of basically being a top producer and, and her, her husband not. So right. she's like, you need to find something else to do. So Ray's like, well, I used to build homes in Kansas. I might as well look and tell people that they're built right here. California, still to this day, but especially back then, was a wild west for home inspections. Okay. People weren't really getting them. And the first introduction of them was really like, do I need this? Is this really necessary? Right. Um, and there wasn't a lot of value attached to what a home inspector was really going to provide for you. So he tries to go about that and he starts to get a little bit of success. Um, and they do really well. So him and his daughter team up, and this is Danny's mother. And she becomes one of the most highly rated home inspectors in the industry in Riverside. Even to this day, people will tell me about how good his mom was as a home inspector. Okay. Better than even his grandfather. 
She was phenomenal. Now, she had to deal with a lot of challenges in the industry. So she was bringing along a male with her, a male inspector, but she was doing everything. She was crawling under the house. He would just open the hatch. That way, she could prove to people that a woman could do this job and could do it well, damn well. And that's something that Danny, I'm I'm pretty sure, and even to this day, I'm I'm certain he's inspired by hearing even those people recant those tales to him as well about his mom being so great. Um, But that kind of set the tone of how Danny, who as a little kid was starting then to test outlets. So whenever my boss says, oh yeah, I've been home inspecting for 30 plus years, you can get the joke. He's been around right. the entire 30, thing, the yeah. entire time. He's been living it. Exactly. Um, so the business was doing not so great. And this is a little bit actually, um, this is closer to the housing recession area, not right after 2016, the 2017, 18. Yeah. No, we're actually talking 2006-ish. Like, oh, oh, during, okay, got it. The during first, the yeah, crash, got yeah. it. Yeah. So during that time, they weren't really getting a lot of business. Of course, right? But- there wasn't that much business. It yeah. wasn't, right? Yeah, exactly. But they did two things. One was they had a bunch of avocados that were going right. They had been giving these avocados out at the inspection, just as like a little gift. Here's something for you to right. have for you. Okay. They're all going ripe and they weren't having enough jobs. So what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? Let's go down to grandma's office and let's go drop some avocados off. Just get rid of them. <laughs> Hand them a business card while we do this though. Whoa, what? The first office, it goes by amazing. Like amazing. They go to the next office. It goes by even better. The next office goes by even better. The next day, the phone's ringing. So they get it again. I, there's no way you can make up that story. I, there I is I no way. <laughs> like literally, what a business move right there. Yeah. Phenomenal. We're based out of Fallbrook, so it all matches with a theme. You know Fallbrook, you know avocados, you know the two together. Well, hey, these are the avocado inspectors. Okay. So when I joined the company, I keep hearing, oh, it's the avocado guys, it's the avocado guys, it's the avocado home inspectors, it's the avocado guys. So nowadays, you'll notice our, our what I call our business-facing logo, our short logo, which is just a spyglass with a better home inspection in it and an avocado off on the side. So you always know an avocado and these guys, that's my guys. I have people tell me when they go to the grocery store, they're like, I was looking at the avocados and I just realized that you were probably going to drop by. So I didn't buy them. Zach, I I mean, I'm never going to be able to look at an avocado ever the same without thinking a better home inspection. Yeah. I just want you to know that like now the two go hand in hand. Mm Great job in branding and marketing. I'm very impressed. <laughs> well, I got to give them the credit, but it doesn't matter. You made it your own. Oh, I mean, with I mean, granted, again, to Danny's credit, he was like, I, I, I think this is kind of a weird idea because when his grandfather passed, he inherited the business. And yeah. Like, hey, I think we need to kind of rebrand ourselves, like reface ourselves a little bit more. Just yeah. Let's touch up the old stuff that we hadn't really like updated. Okay. And so when the first avocado came around, he was kind of looking at me a little weird. Like, what are you doing here? Now we have uh, two or three of our vehicles have a fat avocado on the hood. Oh yeah. I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. I'm, 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 a, I'm all in. I'm, I'm a yeah. huge fan of the avocado. Are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> so it's a, it's a great intro to just connecting with people yeah. and you, you are what completes it. I mean, I'll just give you all you. avocado aside. It's your energy, your enthusiasm, and it really stood out. So how do you, you know, how does a better home uh, 
inspection. How, how do you guys differentiate yourself? You know, as yeah. uh, as a company that does home inspections, and in all seriousness, I'm a homeowner, first time, never bought a house. What do I care about a home inspection for? Just answer that question. I'm a family. How come you think it's, I, I know I have to have one. How come it absolutely, absolutely makes sense? So, you know, I, I had a brief conversation when I first came in here with you guys, but I'll, I'll go over it again. I was talking with a friend of mine last night and she just recently had gotten laid off and changed jobs. And that meant that she had to change states. Now, in this huge kerfuffle of trying to move and get everything moved over as well, she chose a rental property. Now, this is different than a first-time home buyer, but still, she's telling me, I'm having all these maintenance issues. This is broken. That's broken. This isn't working. The plumbing's not working. All of these little tiny issues. And I'm like, well, did you get a home inspection? She's like, no. I'm like, even on a rental property, you want to get a home inspection. And the reason being is if you're signing a contract... To, to exist in a, in, a, in a domicile, and that domicile ha- is supposed to have working services, right. then that's on the landlord. If you as the, as the renter goes in there and finds that some of these things are not up to where they're intended to be used, okay. that's on the landlord. Right. And if you didn't do your due diligence, well, unfortunately, now that's switched back to you, the Got renter. It. So I always tell people a home inspection is a really great way of having a third party, not your dad, not your cousin, not your uncle, not someone that you met off the street, but someone that is a third party professional to go to a property and say, this is working as intended. Now, when I say working as intended, I mean, if you want to open the door, you open the door. You don't have to hit it with your elbow to get the the lock, the nudge. You don't have to turn the sink a certain way, pass three times before it starts to turn on water. You shouldn't have to functionally use items a unique way. It should just be the way that it was intended to be used. So that's the first start of it. Any first-time home buyer is scared out of their living mind because they're spending hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars over 20 to 30 years of their life. And in that moment, they're also limited by sometimes seven days, 14 days. But in this case right now, it's seven or less on contingencies. How am I supposed to get anything in this home that's 2,000 square feet inspected, checked, and make sure it's working and be okay with spending all of this money? So it's, I tell people, you would never buy a new car, a brand new car from the lot and accept um, a ding on the window or a dent in the car. Just like if you buy a new construction home, nothing should be wrong with that home because there's builder warranties. So if you're going for a new construction, always hire a home inspector. They're going to get you your money back. If you're going for a property that's secondhand owned, you know, our normal transactions in real estate, that owner had things about that home that they may not have taken care of. Why not have a 101 guide map, your little syllabus of things to take care of over your ownership? Because the real thing about a home inspection itself is this. I can show you a bunch of things that are wrong. I can show you a bunch of things that need action. Now, that's the language we use is an action item because, hey, if you address it, it's a good thing. If you don't, you let it decay. Right. So an action item allows you to address and any realtor will tell you, if you make improvements to a home, you will see those improvements return on profit for you. So if you look at a home inspection more as a 101 on how do I need to maintenance my home, one needs to be taken care of over the next five years, maybe the next six months, maybe the next 10 years. Also, what else could be potentially improved upon? Because all of those things could match up to a higher profit for you when you go to sell that home. And let's be honest, 
Nowadays, no one's living in their home for 20 plus years. And if they are, congratulations to you. I really hope you have pride of ownership. Really take care of that home because those individuals that own a home for 20 plus years and really care for it, we love those inspections. Oh, I bet. They're like I five, bet. six issues. It's flawless. And it does happen. It, it does, does happen. You'd be shocked at how many people, when it comes to pride of ownership, uh, ownership that keep their property meticulous. And oh my God, so, those are the best. Yeah. You walk onto those properties and you as a buyer look at that and you're like, you feel like you're getting something that had been taken care of because it had. And if you were to try to sell anything and it had been taken care of so well, like an antique, um, like an antique rifle, for instance, from the 1800s, if it's taken care of exceptionally well, it will still fire. And if you're a gun guy, you're looking at that like, oh, that's a, I want to shoot it because it, it just is right and proper. There's a good emotion to that. There's euphoria with something that's well taken care of. Just in the same way you get a haircut, a shave, you feel good out of a shower and you're in a nice new suit. You feel like a million bucks. So even if that home is only worth 300,000, that's still worth a million bucks to you. So Zach, who's normally referring you to, to families? Realtors. Okay. Primarily realtors. So I'm, I'm in the market to buy my first house. I get your number and somebody else's number. What should I be looking for and who I should hire as a home inspector? Well, I'm going to put it out there right now. Um, even we have to live by this regulation, which is there is no regulation. State of California, there's nothing. Absolutely nothing for a home inspector, except for one rule set, which is that you cannot perform any repairs for anything that you have inspected within 365 days of inspecting in that property. So anything that I have on the inspection report and I offer to repair it for you and bid you on it, that's a problem. That's against the law. How come? Just conflict of interest. That's the only thing that we actually have. You do not need a license. You do not need a certification. You do not need insurance. You do not need any experience. You do not need any knowledge of homes. You do not need an inspection report software. You do not need tools. So I could be a home inspector? You could be a home inspector, Ollie. That would be scary. Uh, you might be a really good home inspector. I mean, I might be a good, well, I, I could do a loan. <laughs> you know what to look for. I can. I know what to look for. I'm just not an expert at it. <laughs> like, So how do you guys... So if there are no regulations for that, how do you, how does uh, a better home inspection hire to make sure that you guys are putting quality work? Cause I looked at the reviews and the reviews are, we're close to a thousand reviews, five stars. Yeah. Um, they're right great. Yeah. Thank you. By the way, you're no, welcome. <laughs> I do my homework, man. You wouldn't be on here if it wasn't. Um, so one of the things that we'd like to tell people is, well, there's a few ways that we go about uh, affirming our value to clients so that they understand that choosing us is a good decision. Perfect. I'll be fair with you. We're not the cheapest in town. That's you okay. Absolutely. Find a Joe dirt. That's going to do 250 any home. And he's going to show up in the car and look a little dirty. Maybe a beer can falls out, but again, no regulations, no licensing, no certification. But with us, you have professional, all uniformed guys, nice. all of our vehicles, uniformed vehicles, Anyone showing up to your property that represents themselves as coming from a better home inspection will not only have certifications, they will have training. They will have completed a hundred homes before they're ever released on their own. They will have gone through probably three to six months of shadowing one of our inspectors. They will have had to have been InterNACHI certified, which is InterNACHI is basically the national standard. Right. 38 states in the union have legislation or law sets for a license or some type of accreditation for home inspectors. California doesn't, so we use 38 other states. Union I'm laws. sorry, wait a minute. 
Whoa, whoa, hold on. 38 other states have regulations for home inspectors and California doesn't? Yeah. California home prices are obscene. Yeah. How does this make any sense? It doesn't, which is very interesting, right? Um, you are required. So in the RPA, you're required to bring a licensed professional to perform all and um, basically all inspections. Right. Now, how do you perform an inspection, a home inspection on the base level without a licensed individual? Well, licensed, certified, and insured are the three things that they qualify as. So certification, InterNACHI, holding on 38 other states' laws is good enough for us because the way that the United States works is, for instance, California passed a privacy act right. for, for digital media. Now, in that privacy act, that almost blanketed over the entire United States because that law was so strong. So when other states look to that law, they can use that as precedent to build their own law for privacy. So that's the kind of approach that we're taking with it. If this state has these regulatory standards, then we want to adopt those regulatory standards for ourselves. We don't care what the state of California awesome. believes. We want to make sure our clients are always taken care of. Um, so to that effect, we all of the above certifications, we do carry insurance. We do carry workman's comp. We do carry errors and omissions. Um, so when it comes down to it, we're fully decked out to protect ourselves and you and your client. One of the biggest things I see inside this industry is a home inspector that doesn't have any of the things I just mentioned, performs an inspection, messes up, and then runs away from the problem. Then it's you, the realtor, or who else is there holding the bill for that, for that mistake. That's something I don't ever want someone to deal with. And I hear those stories sometimes, and it's really heartbreaking because it's like, your clients chose someone that unfortunately was just a cheaper price. And in that cheaper price, you got the results- Of a cheaper price. Of a cheaper price, but- the worst results of a cheaper price, right. which was that you actually have to pay out of your pocket for a mistake that someone else made. What is your advice uh, to, <clears throat> to a potential homeowner that says, hey, look, I'm spending like closing costs or on a $600,000 purchase, it can be like $18,000, mm -hmm. 250, 300, 400 bucks. That, that, that's a lot of money. What's your response to that? It is. Yeah. You're also buying a really big property and insurance on that property is, is knowing you would never want to buy something of this amount of value without having it thoroughly investigated. If I asked you to give me $500,000, $600,000, $700,000, $800,000, and I'm going to give you something back, wouldn't you want to know that that thing was flawless or to at least the value that you believe it is? That's more so what a home inspection provides. It's Another um, analogy or metaphor to it is um, like a doctor, like a general practitioner. You come to us, say, hey, doc, I got a knee pain. Um, okay, cool. Well, we're going to write you a specialist. We can identify the general issues and then give you better course of action. So while the rest of the home may be relatively flawless, there's always going to be problems in a home. So when I say flawless, that's Flawless is subjective to what you think is is not right. so big of an issue. Every house has flaws. Every that's house. just that's just a part of owning a house. <laughs> yeah, but I would say like flawless comes into the context of need versus want. Right. And so if you need it, you'll absolutely buy it. 
Now, if you want it, you're going to go through a little bit of study, a little bit of logistics, and you're going to try to figure out how you don't need that. So anytime someone says, I want to get this inspection, but I don't know, I go, right. how do I change you to, you need this inspection? How do I help you understand that this is very critical for your investment, not mine, for yours? I want you to make sure that you're not looking at something that's going to cost you $15,000 right. three months down the line. One of our things was sewer scopes and one of our clients that started this or instigated our, our pursuit of uh, developing sewer scopes was they bought a home in Carlsbad. This is like old village Carlsbad. Home was built in the 60s. Um, had been vacant for about three to four months. And okay. when we had performed the inspection, we didn't have sewer scopes to provide at that time. It wasn't inside our service menu. Um, and three months later, we get a call from the client letting us know that the plumbing has backed up entirely. He's got brown water coming up from his sewer. He's got brown water coming up from his toilet. He's got brown water coming up in his sink. I'm about to have brown water coming out of my mouth. Yeah, it's pretty nasty. Yeah, that's pretty um, gross. Now, we first take a really big care to any of our clients' concerns. So even if you call us three months later and you're like, this is happening. Absolutely. And, and this, is, this is frightening. I don't know why. We want to address that with you. Um, no matter what. Even if it was our fault, we still want to address it with you. So we went out and we visited with this client and we bought a plumber to go out there and sewer scope and drain line it. We saw that the issue was, it was roots that had grown back and we had hydro jetted then and there out of our pocket. So that client was taken care of. Did that cost us money more than the inspection? Absolutely. But that's what you do because good business is good business. Always go with your best foot forward. Um, yeah. So this guy then basically caused us to really reflect internally and go, how can we prevent ever having this issue again? So we fully invested into providing sewer scopes. So that's one of those things where it's like, if you don't know what's going on in the home, you can be surprised by something and a drain line scope issue can be thousands of dollars if right. it's worse than just roots. If it's blockage or integrity loss in it, or maybe even the pipes are broken, you're going to be paying tens of thousands of dollars to fix that. Now, is that something you should know on the advance before you finish that close? Absolutely. You should know that that's going to be a problem that you're going to have to deal with. A home inspector is going to tell you about the roof and you're going to know about that problem. Home inspector is going to tell you about the water heater or the HVAC and you're going to know about those problems. But no one's really talking about the plumbing lines until they hire the actual plumber to go out there. So that's how we've kind of cut around that. We can give you more understanding of the property, more understanding of the home. We're achieving our mission, which is great people who care, enriching our community through education. And that's our mission statement. Let's go. <laughs> that's amazing. Like Danny, uh, what, what's the most impressive thing that you've, uh, you appreciate about Danny? Um, he is very willing to give autonomy to, to his, like kudos to, to the kingdom itself. It's um, right. So I got to give a shout out to Sam, our lead inspector today. He's doing four inspections. He's not going to get off until seven o'clock tonight. I'm working from 9am until 7pm. He'll be working all day, but he is 28, 29 years old. He's our lead inspector. He leads a team of six other inspectors under him. He's the youngest guy in our company. He won that position because he earned it. The merit is there. But while Danny provides the autonomy for us to pursue where we want to go with our vision for the company, we sit in our L10, we do our whole E9, uh, I-90 and break that down. Um, so we have our mission, we have our goals, we have where we want to go in the first one year, the first three years, and the first five years, and we change those every six months. 
just to make sure that it reflects. But he allows us that autonomy to pursue our goals. When I want to do something that's out of the box, crazy idea, he's let me fly with it. Um, the same thing with Sam, the same thing with our office manager, Chris, he has a good way of allowing himself to just kind of let go of the reins and allow his team to do the work that needs to be done. And for instance, he's been gone on vacation for two weeks, just having a great time. Good for him. We've been booked to full capacity the last four weeks. Congrats. Yeah. I'm, that that is, and in this more, uh, you know, current market, that's hard. That that is fantastic. It's not as surprising though, Zach. Like, uh, just it, it's been it's been phenomenal today. Like, you meet people, you see people, and it's very easy to say words. It's another thing to back it up. True. So, when it comes to like the this podcast is all about uh, brand and finding out people's stories and how are they going to get their message mm -hmm. out? How are they going to market their message? How do they brand themselves? I mean. We've already gotten your branding is is strong. Your yeah. avocado game is strong, Obi Wan. Uh, marketing. Where where is a better home inspection headed from a marketing perspective? Branding. We had a great conversation, and you said you get a lot of organic stuff. Yeah, you're involved with a lot of networking and meetups, yeah. and you have a huge Rolodex. What other platforms do you use uh, or are planning on using when it comes to marketing going down the road? Um, so exclusively I try to focus, you know, I have my own personal slash business account for myself and that's where, you know, I don't have, I'll say this, when you look at my Instagram, you will see that I don't have as many followers as potentially the next marketer in my field. What I do have is an amazing retention. I have an amazing ROI on every single message I send out. On top of that, anyone inside that Rolodex knows that they can give me a call and it'd be nine o'clock at night, 10 o'clock at night and hit me with a problem. And I'm going to come up with a solution. And if it's not answered then and there at 5 a.m., they got an answer. So for me, it's like my personal account or my business personal account is faced for simply just being an avenue for people to understand who I am, as well as to understand that they can communicate with me at any point in time. So people look at my Avo guy account versus our A Better Home Inspection account. And right. you'll notice it's a little bit more Zach and who Zach is. Versus a better home inspection is really emphasizing who our team is because I don't want to necessarily make myself the face of the company, even though I am a forward facing element to all of our marketing. Uh, I am the marketing rep for both territory, San Diego and Riverside. Um, I cover both counties in full. I mean, I'm covering all of these miles I can, but our, our team is, is entirely the team. I would rather have the avocado be the face of the company. Right. So my page is for me to build relationships directly and to um, just massage those relationships to the point where they, they bring a lot of value for both I, myself, and them. Um, and then the second part is our, our business page is to provide who our team is. So you go to our business page, you'll see all of our guys. You'll see how they work, the type of fun stuff that we're doing, and maybe some of the events that we're showing. Um, so when we kind of wrap around to like branding it, I'm after on my end, more psychological warfare. I call it psychological warfare. Um, I want to master the mind. I want to master your, your idea of what you perceive because perception is reality. And when I talk about, you know, market and design and all of that, I would say design by intent. What is the intent of your design? 
If the intent of my design is I want to educate everyone possible about this possible item, then that's the intent, just purely education. So nothing else should be pursued. If my intent is to drive more of an audience and that's that approach. So figuring out where you're going to just like laser focus into and then understanding the way that people think. The way that people interact in the day-to-day is a lot easier to match your marketing to than it is to try to like be a pattern break to it. Now I talk about avocados and like you'll you'll go to the store and you won't think about avocados, you'll think about a better home inspection. That's a passive influence to your day that makes you instantaneously think about me when I'm not even paying to have you think about me. A lot of companies do a lot of paid advertisements to try to pump out brand recognition. But if I ask you, do you know what Adidas's logo looks like? Do you know what Nike's logo looks like? You're probably going to say, yeah. A lot of psychological mapping. Nike is built off of the Greek goddess of victory. And then the swoosh is independently a focal point for everyone to go, oh, that's Nike. But those two things are, are perceptions of knowledge that if you know one side or another side of it and it all adds together, you're like, oh, that's why they team with champions and not losers because they believe in the victory. And just going further down line, you can see how anyone that sees the avocado or the swoosh or this has a perception or an idea instantaneously. Apple technology, Facebook, social media, Instagram pictures, TikTok video. Like you have an instantaneous reaction to what is their intended form of media. Avocado, well, if I can confuse you and I can remind you of home inspection, something that you don't think about every day. I don't think anyone thinks about a home inspection unless they're a real Definitely not. Yeah. Um, it's not, you're, you're not going out there hustling uh, home inspections to everyone. Yeah. But then I, I'm, I'm able to map something that is vague. It's not so clear in everyone's mind. People don't really understand it. And when they do get to the process, they really have to rely on their realtor that a lot of our material is based on like, how can we get you more familiar with what a home inspection is? How can we get your realtor familiar with how a home inspection is? Um, I'll take realtors into a live property and this will be whether it be their listing or maybe a buyer's need and the property be vacant. Sometimes it is owned, but we'll do a home inspection class. I'll take in 30 Which plus is a realtors. great idea. I, I love this. And if anyone wants to steal it, please go on ahead. I'll give you the guide map for it so that you can do it for your own company. I'm here to help you guys out, but it's take them in and ask the stupid questions. All of you guys are realtors. All of you guys are experienced. Some of you, this may be your first deal. It might be your hundredth, but the deal here is ask the stupidest questions that your clients ask. Ask the questions that your clients go, is this a dumb question? Because you should know the answer. So that you as the realtor can look at them and go, no, it's not a dumb question. I get that all the time. Here's the answer for you. This is what the home inspector should be saying on this. Let's teach you how to understand what a home inspection should look like. Because again, the state of California doesn't have a written down measure of what a home inspection should include. Which is incredible to me still. I find that fascinating. Um, this has been in, in, incredible uh, as far as the the information that you've shared, your personal story. Uh, when it comes to like marketing, mm-hmm. what is your take on uh, a company surviving without embracing social media, video? Like, what do you think the future of marketing holds? Um. So there's a couple things in my personal opinion about how marketing is developing. Um, 
if you think that just pushing out uh, some Instagram pictures is going to get you some leads and, and line that up for you and you're not interacting, you're probably missing tons of opportunities. You can exist on social media entirely and not push out ads, but if you're interacting in this world, then you'll likely see some return of investment. If you're not invested into pushing at least $100 a month into social media ads, then you're really dropping a good ball. It's easy to get a lot of reach. It's easy to get some people that'll follow you from that. And it's easy to have someone understand that you could be a professional from it. Now, one of the things I see is that a lot of people try to get either really too specific with the market that they're trying to hunt, or they're like shotgun blast. I'm going to hunt for whoever and just get anyone. And you have to really think about who you are as a person, the type of business you facilitate, because something happened in our last, um, in our, the last two election cycles, the presidential election cycles, which is a lot of the American populace started to decide to buy where I identify. So my social values, where I stand politically, where I am culturally, who I am as a person, what I believe, all of those things are part and parcel to where and how we buy. Um, a great example of this is the Bud Light controversy. Okay. That's that one way or the other, people had a reaction to that. And that's an example of understanding the narrative populace that you're really, who's buying your product. Now, was that a good or bad idea? That's up to them. They've clearly made their decisions on that. But to say this, if you don't understand that I'm pursuing, for instance, if I'm a military based realtor, and I served 20 years in the Marine Corps. I know the whole PCS system and I know how to get all of these guys here and there and I know their struggles. That primarily should be who you're focusing on when you're advertising because you can resonate with them. And again, we're talking about who I identify with is who I'm going to buy with. Who I feel comfortable with is who I do business with. Who I trust could be subjective because I perceive them to be on my side. And that's a big thing too. Um, so I always tell people, find who, who, who is your match market and then focus on that. Still do everything else in the meantime. Still go wide, still do buckshot marketing, still try to find new niche pockets. But if you look at TikTok, you look at Instagram, you'll find Instagram or TikTok pages that are thousands upon hundreds of thousands of followers for one niche item. Yep. And it's just because that's the content that they want to buy. That's the one thing they want to do. YouTube, for instance, you'll hear Mr. Beast and all these other creators talk about how you have segmented YouTube channels. I got a YouTube channel for my long form. I got a YouTube channel for my short form. And I got a YouTube channel for all of these other things I do. And that's because people will resonate with the product that they are focused on. When you're too wide out there, yep. no one's buying it. You're trying to shoot to too many fish. And at that point, you have too much bait out there. You don't know which line to pull in. Yeah. I think you go narrow, then eventually you can, you can expand. Well, the narrowness builds you up, builds your audience. And community yeah. building is the biggest thing we've abandoned. Like COVID shot community building in professional build, like in professional markets, in social markets, all of it. Exactly. There's also an opportunity. You know, there's a flip side to everything. If you're Absolutely. history buff, if you're history buff, history repeats itself all the time. Mm -hmm. I'm a huge history buff. I... Things come around, they go around. Real estate in 2007, 2008. It's not doomsday. Does every person need to buy? Not at all. Not everyone's in a position to buy. No. So I think it's what you're talking about is like 
social media marketing, it's about introduction and connection mm -hmm. to meet people. And then you really got to dig in and, and build an, and invest in the relationship and the care. For our business specifically, especially with real estate, um, at least in my experience, realtors are very much, I do business with the people that are going to make my process the easiest and seamless. Yeah. And the reason being is a seamless process gets them five more clients. Yeah. Uh, a dirty deal ends up losing you clients. It's all about experience. Yeah. And, and we got to spend more time talking about experience. And that, that's one of the things that I appreciate about a, a better home inspection is, is you've spent a lot of time talking about experience and explaining value and, you know, uh, the, the difference between, you know, yeah, there's things that you want to uh, save on cost, home inspection not being one of them. You know, you, you do want to say, you don't want to buy a home inspection that's way overpriced because yeah. you want to understand that the facilitation of the services has to match to what you want. So I highly recommend that someone go price shop, but try to aim for the middle options in most cases for who you pick, but pick off of a couple other values. Yeah. I would also say, ask your, uh, ask your realtor for two recommendations for a home inspector. Then you have a comparison to be able to do it. Most realtors are going to give three. They're going to have a nice. preference that are going to lean forward to, I mean, and again, that's their liability. Maybe they could slip them avocado. You never know. I yeah, mean, whatever. It is. I, I just, I don't know what the regulations are on that. Get it? Yeah. I don't. They have to it. suggest at least three and they can specify one as being a favorite or, a, or a most used. Um, there are some that I work with that go, I don't recommend anyone else but you guys. And the yeah. reason being is that's a liability if I recommend anybody else. Like, I'm liable to have to pay up for the mistakes of that company. I know you guys are so good that I can trust you. Without Zach, that's a huge vote of confidence, especially in real estate. You know, I, I think uh, those that, that are in our profession and are dealing with it, they understand all the nuances and there is no right answer because not no home is going to be perfect. No. Every home, you got to set the right expectation. It is a home, especially homes built in the sixties and stuff. So, I mean, homes uh, built now are still having problems. Uh, too. I mean, the, the newer construction is hilarious. Some of the news that stuff that's coming out is crazy. We found one that had an entire section, an entire wall section missing insulation standards standards a better home inspection company has standards <laughs> and it's 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 funny what happens when you have standards so uh we're gonna do a little segment yeah. called uh rapid fire and this to finish us off and bring us home and uh we'll wrap this up as soon as we're done with rapid fire uh Zach is going to give us all his contact information. If you appreciated this episode, you took away something, drop a comment for us. Let us know what your thoughts are about what you took away. <laughs> Zach did a phenomenal job. And how exciting can home inspection be? And the man knocked it out. The man <laughs> knocked it out. That's where you can bring enthusiasm and fun to anything. So here we go. Rapid fire. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Dog or cat? Cat. Favorite sushi place in San Diego? I can't remember the name, but it's a place in San Marcos, top of the line. Okay. Is it hooked on sushi? It might be. It might be. Might okay. Be. All right. Uh, uh, we've already talked about favorite uh, favorite book you've recently read. Um, the Gaunt's Ghost series by Dan Abnett. It's a 15 book series. Um, it's- You're not joking. That's I'm a- I'm not, not joking. Wow. That's serious. Um, I, there's a quote out of it that says, leadership is like having two glasses of wine in front of you. One is poisoned. The other one is not. And the guy goes, well, well, what do you do? You pick one. That's leadership. You have to make a decision and stick with it no matter what. So that book series is phenomenal. It is sci-fi. It's out of a, it's out of an entire sci-fi world. That's set, okay. 
absolutely that, that phenomenal. That is fire. Play. Dude. Two uh, wine glasses. One of them is poison and you have to choose. Yeah. Let's go. Dude. That's that's the best analogy to leadership I've heard in uh, in some time. Netflix. Uh, what do you binge watch? Oh, I don't. Nice. I don't. I have, I have Netflix. I have Hulu. But um, if I have to, I'll watch Always Sunny in Philadelphia or Bob's Burgers. Okay. Um, uh, what is, uh, oh my goodness. Uh, last song you listened to that you don't want to admit. Um, K-pop, like, like a whole K-pop playlist. Yeah, guys, I got a K-pop playlist. I'm going to listen to some, some Korean pop music every once in a while. It's got a good beat and I'm, I'm hyped on it. Are you serious? I'm okay. Serious, All right. I'm, this is, I'm, I'm going to have wild to, out there. Yeah. My, I'm having to listen a little bit. It's like K-pop and then I'll switch over to Morgan Wallen and I'll switch over to hip hop a little bit. Okay, or Morgan. Like that. I, I, I can like do Morgan. I can do Morgan. Yeah. Morgan is he is straight up, straight up. The liar. last album has been amazing. The last like five projects on it. Seriously. Just, woof, get me yeah. sitting in the car. Okay. Yeah. All right. And uh what's uh what's one thing everyone should know about you as as we sign off? What's um, the one thing that makes you you? Zach Pitts, I've lived through a lot, but every single time I'm more than happy to help you out with your problems before I ever deal with mine. I'm always people first and I'll think about myself second. Look at you go, yeah. man. That's, that is, uh, you're, you're an impressive person. So thank, thank you. you so much for joining us. Yeah. So that is it for us. Evolve your brand, Zach Pitts, a better home inspection company. Come on, folks. <laughs> you won't be able to ever look at an avocado the same ever again. <laughs> <laughs>